place in my garden about to sip my afternoon espresso and I am beyond excited to dive deep into the art of hospitality and how we can unchain our inner generosity. Today we'll be learning from the best of the best, the master of the art of welcoming others, Avram Avinu and Sara Imenu themselves. But before we jump in to seven mind-shifting takeaways that we learned from Avram's hospitality, I want to ask my wife, a legend of her time and one of the greatest hosts in Sydney, why she thinks that hospitality and welcoming others into our space is a Jewish value. Devs, you want to share something for the recording? No. Why should we have guests at our home? Why do you think Hashem wants us to? Um, it's a mitzvah. And why do you think it's a mitzvah? Because it says Nachas Orchim. And what does Nachas Orchim do? Does it make people feel good? Yeah. Do you like when people invite you to their house? Yeah. And do you feel special when they do that? Yeah. Do you think Hashem invites guests into His world? Yeah. How does He invite guests into His world? He brings us Nachas Orchim. Ah, that's true. Very good. We have my wife, Reina Balsam, here with us today. And Reina, I want to ask you, why do you think hospitality and inviting people into your own space is considered a Jewish value? Mm, that's such a good question. What's coming up for me is you're really inviting people into your heart. Like, that's what it is. And the home is a metaphor for the heart or the metaphor for you. The woman is compared to the home in Hebrew. A woman is a bayit. I'm thinking, well, if they're in your heart, you want them in your home. And to me, that's really what true love is. That's really what, like ultimate kindness. It's like you want them in your home. You want to share that intimate space with you. You want to have a meal with them. You want them to chill at your house. That's really the external metaphor of when someone's in your heart, they're physically externally in your home. Very powerful. Thank you so much, Reina, for your kind words. And now I want to jump into Parsha's Vayera, this week's Parsha, and take a look at how Avra masters the art of the Shabbos invitation and how he takes action once his guests agree to come. The Torah in chapter 18 describes that Hashem appears to Avram in Elone Mamre. And Avram and Hashem are talking one-on-one on the phone while Avram is sitting in front of his tent in the heat of the day. And Avram all of a sudden lifts his eyes. While he's in the middle of talking to Hashem, he sees three people passing in front of his tent and he puts Hashem on hold. He gets up, runs to the guests to greet them in front of his tent and he bows down in front of them and he says, please, my masters, if you find favor in my eyes, please don't just walk by. Stop by a little bit in my tent. Take a little bit of water. Wash your feet. 
Vishanu tachasa eats and rest on the hammock underneath the trees. And you'll grab a little bit of bread and you'll feel satiated. And then he says, you can go on your way. And they respond, Yes, we will accept your invitation. So we find that Avram greets them with absolute respect. He makes it as if they're doing him the biggest favor in the world by coming. He makes it seem like it's no big deal for him. Just a little bit of water, refresh a little. And he tells them that it's going to be chilled. They can just relax under the tree. And his guests take Avram up on his invitation. And now I want to describe to you how Avram takes action once his guests step into his home. Vayamar Avram Sarah. Avram runs into his tent to Sarah's wife. Vayomer and he says, Mari, quickly. Shalosh se'im kemach solas. Grab three sa. That's the equivalent of 56 pounds of fine flour. Lushi, knead it up. Vasi ugos and make the finest cakes. Velabaka rats Avram. And Avraham sprints and he runs toward the cattle. Vayikach ben and he selects the finest, most marbled, soft meat that he can find. And he gives it to his son. And he runs to prepare the meat in the best way possible. Perfect, medium, rare. And he churns up butter and milk and the fine meat that he prepared. He puts it before them. And he stands with them underneath the tree the entire time that they eat. Here are seven key takeaways that we can learn from Avram's kindness to his guests and how we can unleash our own inner generosity. Lesson number one is to put your important things on hold. Avraham was in the middle of talking to Hashem when he saw the three guests. He tells Hashem, can you please wait on hold while I take a moment to greet my guests? This is something that would happen in no other religion. Can you imagine Muhammad receiving prophecy or Buddha reaching enlightenment and putting it on hold so that he can say hello to a total stranger? In Judaism, we believe that emulating the Creator is actually greater than connecting with the Creator. The ultimate transcendental experience in Judaism is to emulate Hashem and to behave like Him in action. Lesson number two that we learned from Avram is to do kindness for others even when you're not feeling your best. Avram just finished minor surgery. He had circumcised himself only three days prior to this episode and yet he was running around inviting and preparing a lavish meal for his guests. We often say to ourselves, ah, it's been a long week, ah, I have a little cold, it's a whole week of work and I get too tired Friday nights. Put yourself out there for your guests. If you can host once every other meal, if you can host once every other Shabbos, once a month, whatever you can do, eventually, if you can tap into the deep source of pleasure that you get from connecting with others and giving beyond yourself and ignore the pressures you feel from hosting, the experience will fuel you instead of draining you and you actually gain energy from opening yourself to other people. 
Lesson number three that we learned from Avram is to do kindness for others even when you're uncomfortable. The verse says that this episode took place during the heat of the day. The verse stresses that it was an uncomfortable time to be outside, 120 degrees outside, and yet Avram was eager to invite them inside and to prepare for them. This is such a big lesson practically. Hosting is by nature uncomfortable. You really have to put yourself out there. You may have to reach out to people you don't know. You're inviting them into your private space. They're judging your lifestyle, how you interact with your kids and spouse. You're really opening the doors of your private safe space to the world. There's so much discomfort that's involved. And to troubleshoot just a little bit, how do you overcome the anxiety of hosting? A major factor that stops us from hosting is our inner anxiety of the unknown. Will they feel comfortable in my house? Will they want to come back? Will I have enough energy to make them happy? I don't want to have to entertain them the whole time. I just want to chill out. It's the weekend. Especially if you are an introvert, hosting can drain your energy instead of feeding you energy. What I personally find helps for me is getting into a flow state of mind. Before the guests are about to arrive at my house, I often get into anxiety mode. There are toys all over the floor. The toilets are dirty, gunk on the couch, dishes in the sink. The table isn't fully set. Take a deep breath. You don't have to be perfect. Don't get caught into giving off this facade that your life is perfect. Accept that running a home is messy business. It's far better to continuously host people in your messy home than to limit the opportunity of touching the lives of others because the pressure is too great. You'll attract the people who are comfortable with the state of your home and dispel the ones that are not, but at least you're opening yourself up to the opportunity of developing close relationships and making them feel valuable to you. I do clean the floors and wash the dishes and toilets before the guests arrive, but I used to be running around with my mind in a state of panic. Now I try to consciously do it with an unpressurized state of mind. I remind myself that it's okay if it doesn't get done. I'm comfortable showing the real me and I clean the house from a place of calm flow, getting done as much as I can without feeling any kind of anxiety over it. Lesson number four that we learned from Avraham is to do kindness even to those of a lowlier status than you and even to those that are completely different to you. It made no difference to Avram the fact that these were Arab travelers. Avram had to wash the dust off of their feet because he thought them to be idol worshipers. We see that a person should do kindness to another despite their differences and despite their status or their way of life. Practically, Oftentimes, we feel fear reaching out to people that are different than us. That guy goes to a different show. He's way too religious. He's not religious enough. He has liberal or Republican views. Avram teaches us not to feel threatened by people who have different views or ways of life to us. Get in touch with your common humanity and feel the desire to connect with them for no other reason than the fact that they are a Tselem Elohim. 
I just want to throw out a controversial question for you to discuss at your Shabbos table this week and juice up the table. You meet a guy in Shul, really sweet guy. You hit it off. Both espresso lovers have traveled to many of the same places. You friend him on Facebook because you want to invite him and his family over for Shabbos. You're looking through his feed and you see that he openly supports the people of Gaza. And my question for you to discuss at the Shabbos table this week is, does the Torah want you to invite that person over for Shabbos lunch or not? I'm not saying either way. It's for you to argue out at the Shabbos meal this week. Lesson number five that we learned from Avram is to do it with alacrity. Avram does not stop running. Five times does the verse make use of the verb quickly, or he ran, maher, vayaratz. When you are doing what's right, you hurry, you jump into action. People want to know how to stop the laziness, and they want to know how to stop the procrastination. You start right here. You initiate the action aggressively. You go. Avram didn't have the attitude that he's doing them a favor. Let me do it as it's convenient for me and take my time. No. He did kindness with excitement and alacrity. He put his all, his full energy into it. They were doing him the biggest favor and he was beyond excited to jump into action. When you do a kindness for another, tap into the energy of what you're gaining by connecting with them. Hashem designed us in a way that we fuel ourselves with energy when we purely just connect with another person and give them our full consciousness. What then stops us from feeling that energy and from getting drained when we converse and connect with others? It's the critical voice in our head. If you pay attention, most of the conversation that's going on when you're speaking with another person is in our own mind. The thoughts that are firing off in our head are, what are they thinking of me? Are they upset at me when I said this? Do they think I don't have my life together? What are they thinking about the clothing I'm wearing? Why did they say it in that way? Most of the conversation that we have with other people is in our own head. If we let go of the voice that's in our head judging ourselves, then we can truly connect with their neshama. And when we truly connect with their neshama, we get energized instead of drained. Practice completely letting go of thinking about what you should say and instead put 100% focus on connecting with the other person's root essence and you will find that the interaction will fuel you with more energy, excitement, and enthusiasm. Lesson number six that we learned from Avram is to go all out. Avram slaughters three separate bulls in order to serve them each their own tongue. How do we know this? The Gemara Bava 86b, quoted by the Sifse Chachamim in our Parsha, says that this is learned from the words Vayikach ben Bakar Rak Vatov. But it doesn't stop there, because he then churned his own butter. If you've ever churned your own butter, trust me, it takes a lot of forearm strength and a lot of time and effort. And then he bakes three sa'ah of cake. I did the calculation once. Each se'ah is approximately 18.7 pounds of flour for a total of around 56 pounds of flour, an enormous amount, so that they would have food for the rest of their journey. When you're hosting others, don't skimp out, go all out, save no expense, and show them just how valuable they are to you. Lesson number seven that we learned from Avram is to follow through until the end. 
a mentor of mine named Mr. Rubin was teaching me how to golf at the driving range. And for some reason, I could never get a far enough hit, no matter how hard I swung at the golf ball, until Mr. Rubin called out the problem. And he kept telling me, you have to follow through on the swing even after you hit the ball. And that's, by the way, why golfers do that ballerina move, pivoting on one foot when they're finished hitting the ball. And I remember thinking, huh? Like, I already hit the ball. Why does it matter if I follow through on the swing after I already made contact with the ball? And he explained to me that how you follow through after you hit the ball affects the power you give while hitting the ball. Avraham was a person who mastered the follow-through. Not only did he give them food to go to show them that he cared about how they're provided for after leaving his home, but the verse tells us that he stood before them under the tree, making sure to attend and entertain them throughout their entire stay. The message that Avraham gave his guests was, I care about your needs while you're in my home, and I care about your needs after you leave my home. It's important that we show our guests that we care throughout their experience with us, but master the follow-through and show we care even after they leave our space. A practical tip that I love doing and I believe is so powerful is to message the person right after Shabbos with just a short message saying, Jordan, it was so amazing connecting with you over Shabbos. We had such an amazing time. Thanks so much for coming and touching our lives. What this shows is that you're not just invested in them when they're in your home. You're invested with them and want to continue the connection even after they leave. In summary, we learned about how Avram models hospitality and analyzed the art of how it's meant to be done. It should be even when you're not feeling your best, even when it's uncomfortable, even to people you don't know or who are different than you. It should be also done with alacrity. You should go all out, put everything else on hold and carry it through until the end. Wishing you all a Shabbos of unchained generosity care and connection Abraham, yes we're the children that you dreamed of and we're that shining star you saw at night no it's true why we call you a vidu our father of pride we got your soul inside take us home